It's Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. I'm Guy Massey, and I'm going to be delving into and making pronouncements on photography. My experiences with it, had some formal training, got a minor in it at school, and I want to share some of my uh, some of my techniques with you maybe uh, over the air the, the, through sound. Sound, we're going to do a program on pure sound. I'm going to call it pure sound. I just decided. And you're going to be in for a treat when we talk about light on this episode of Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Ah, sultry art, sultry photography, sultry light. It's that that uh, stimulus that reaches our the back of our pupils and reflects back out through life in our minds, our psyches, our makeup, our existence, our experiences, our expertise, our technique. Maybe I'll uh, get into technique today, maybe not. Technique secondary. Uh, it's a secondary direct nature of us and through our art. It is all, after all, about art. Life, life is art. Art is life. That's the theme of arts. Of uh, that's the theme of of uh, our existence, really. To use that cliche, uh, existing on the planet that we call this Earth, and we have a lot of things, a lot of stimulus out there. We go out. We our, our eyes are met with the light of the day. Uh, we might see mountains in the distance. We might see a blank wall. We may uh, walk into our garage, turn around and realize that we went too far in one direction. Uh, we may walk uh, blind through life, but we may have our eyes wide open. And um, light brings us a lot of information, doesn't it? Uh, we can take it all in as one image. We can dissect it. We can portion it off. Uh, we can take that three-dimensional aspect of life, at least three dimensions in life, experience, and uh, bring it on to a two-dimensional plane. Um, I've listened to some podcasts, and it's inspired me to talk about photography, uh, not phonography, not fogography. Um, it, it's a definition of sort, or a definition directly. Um we want to frame it. We want to open the frame up. We want to put it in a book. We might want to publish it. We may be talking out of our ass through our work. Uh, we may be earnest in our delivery, uh, in our content. Uh, we may be extemporaneous, spontaneous, one and the same. But folks, photography is a great art, and it's taken a while for it to earn its status in the fine art world. Uh, some of those art schools in the early 50s and 60s, in, in recent history, uh, mid-century history, uh, eschewed the uh, art of light or the study of light, the science of light, that being photography and uh, put it on the back plate, the back burner, if at all, um, to uh, instead focus on things such as ceramics and other 
other of the fine arts, as they would have been called, painting, sculpture, architecture, uh, even music. Uh, we have defined music schools. Now we have defined photography schools as well as design for design. Well, design firms is where you go after you come out of school, right? Uh, but design design schools, Rhode Island, we have one here right in here in Providence uh, called Rhode Island School of Design. It's up there with any of the best of them. Sometimes makes it number one on the list. It fluctuates, as does life and things in life. But uh, so I went to Rhode Island College and got my minor in photography. My major was graphic design. And uh, when I graduated, I vowed to continue on with my camera. Instead, I took more family kind of photos, not mundane, but more uh, run-of-the-mill, decorative kind of photos. I wasn't really, uh, it might have been a backlash uh, from the intense study um, at at Rick. Rhode Island College, but uh, before I graduated in 84 and 83, I took an art trip to New York and did my thesis, photo, my photographic thesis, uh, uh, taking pictures. It was called compressions. I used a long lens, uh, a lot of mechanics involved with photography, a lot of know-how, a lot of uh, learning, a lot of attachments, and uh, one of them was a zoom lens, and uh, it was a, only about a 200 millimeter. I think I had an extension ring on it that I could uh, double that up to 400, but it would lower my. I'd have to bring my f-stop off the off the chart, and it it would slow down. Uh, my po- photos would not come out as good as I thought they would. You know, you always always picture your pictures to be good. I know when I took a trip to Colorado on a bike trip, I, I would take pictures of the scenery. I was so overwhelmed with the beautiful, beautiful Arapaho Valley and such, Rocky Mountain National Park and uh, uh, Long's Peak and the, the Trail Ridge Road leading up to it, uh, that I would, uh, you know, the nearby towns of Granby, you know, such and such, Steamboat Springs was off to the distance uh, to the east of the western front as I rode, drove my bike. It's 472 miles I clocked on that one-week uh, romp and adventure, uh, along with other enthu- bike enthusiasts. We are about uh, 15 or 20 of us. Um, made some friends, lost contact, of course, that's years ago. Uh, but uh, the the scenery was just breathtaking. Had to record it. And my disappointment, I could cut with a knife, uh, was so much so that when I received those photos back, uh, can I just say the word underwhelmed, underwhelmed. I did wide-angle photos, uh, used a wide-angle uh, film process back then. Uh, this was several years before digital. And photography, photography, photography. So... I had to make a cut here. I'm back. I just made that cut before I went into photography, 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 just to remind myself that this is what it is, but I did know all along. I got a little egg cooker in the studio, actually a little stovette. So I put my three 
four, actually. I'm a pig. I like four eggs. They seem to have a little bit more substantial. I must have the largest stomach on the planet. Uh, I feel four eggs just does it right for me. Uh, I like to have a little yogurt with it, um, but I don't want to get off track. Uh, I tend to do that. I apologize. Maybe you guys like me going off on my little tangencies. I know I had an issue with it with my uh, with my um, pr- problems uh, with uh, my bipolar uh, issues, um, which I'm seeking treatment, ongoing therapy, talk therapy every other week with a great therapist, Mary Beth at Butler. She's just like the best. And, um, and I hope she's listening maybe to this podcast. I know she knows that I do podcasts. Maybe she's checking in on this one on photography. Uh, my sister Janet is wonderful. She's helped me with, with, with my, my issues ongoing, um, always there for me. She's one of the most dependable people I ever knew or ever know or no, uh, along with her husband, Pierre, my brother. Um, so she's a great sister-in-law. Uh, and she's a great photographer. Today's phones. Let's talk about getting out there with some photography just out in the workshop of uh, the world, our worldly workshop, That uh, to reiterate that it is a workshop. Life is a workshop, a work in progress, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it's set and done. I don't think it's a final production. Uh, it is our final uh, one statement on earth. It's our only chance to uh, to do it right. We can change it up. We can switch it up. We can make it better. We can improve. Even in the last hour of our life, we can we can uh, we can make a change that will uh, vindicate us, maybe from exi- uh, uh, vindicate us in the eyes of our Maker. Uh, but uh, again, to get back on track, Janet takes wonderful pictures. She's got them up on Instagram. I'm getting in, into Instagram slowly. A little bit of a learning curve with these kind of things. Facebook as well. My brother Claude loves Instagram. Um, he hasn't been on Facebook in, in a number of years, he says. A couple he told me the other day in a conversation with him over the phone. Um, he lives in Middletown, Connecticut. Uh, he's not, uh, a photographer per se. I tell him, Claude, use your camera on your phone. It's fun. And I wish he would, because I think he's got a great eye. Uh, he, he would rather be in front of a canvas painting in his living room, uh, in his lovely apartment out there doing that. And, uh, I don't blame him. Uh, it's a pure art form, of course, one of the fine arts that Rick would have, uh, accredited. Uh, they were just getting into graphic design and aspects of photography were, were, uh, sort of semi-entrenched in the mid-century, uh, um, mindset of a, of a, uh, liberal arts college. Uh, you know, at least since, let's say, the mid-60s, photography, uh, had dug in its heels at that school. Uh, but graphic design was a new baby, a newbie. And uh, I graduated with the uh, major and minor in both of those. So it goes to show. Uh, Janet takes great pictures. Claude would take great pictures if he did, did get behind his phone 
or, or, or camera or whatever apparatus uh, that has a lens and a shutter uh, and a, a, a light gathering CCD. You know, we don't use film these days typically. Uh, the film's still available. We can order it online. Um, it's probably not that expensive. Uh, probably not even that expensive to process. Uh, some can even do it at home if they have a, a dark room equipped to handle it um, or a closet somewhere. We're closet photographers, maybe some of us, most of us, maybe maybe many. Uh, but I think you can take some great pictures on today's phone cameras. I used to uh, discard or dismiss uh, the phone and I was a bit of a uh, SLR or DL DSLR slaw, uh, snob uh, as, far as, as far as light gathering was concerned and image making. And uh, it wasn't until maybe two, three years ago where I noticed that, hey, boy, there's some pretty good photography being made uh, by, by people that uh, you would otherwise not think of as photographers. Um, are we all photographers? No, we don't make images. You need to just, you can't just gra gather the light. You need to uh, absorb that light and transfer it to an image. You need to take the 3D and make it 2D. Uh, unless you're using 3D processes with photography, which is another wonderful aspect. I like the old stereoscopic viewers of the 1800s. Uh, they were great, uh, you know, late... Uh, early 1900s, they were uh, in everybody's living room, just like the player piano. Uh, and um, they, they added a real dimension, didn't they? Uh, the, the little viewer that we had as a kid, that, that little play viewer that would click uh, on a circle, you put a circle card in there, it had maybe, oh, 20 pictures going around it, small little 16 millimeter format uh, color and the color was saturated, and you had little puppets or little Rudolph reindeer images that you could have, uh, and it was fun. You'd interchange a little circular disc, precursor to today's disc handling that we do with our compact discs, although that's fallen by the wayside such. It's still a superior sound format. Uh, but it was great, and uh, 3D can now be done digitally, of course, it's a fun, a fun little side trip, uh, but predominantly 2D is a good way to flatten and reinterpret the world, redefine it or define it. And uh, phone cameras are just, uh, are just wonderful, and I take my pictures exclusively on my phone. I've got a decent camera, a decent lens on it. Um, I'm not a selfie guy. I'm not adverse to them, but I'm not going to go out and set out to do selfies. I don't own a selfie stick. Um, but uh, aside from that, boy, there's so much around us, isn't there? That goes without saying of uh, the trees, bushes, uh, the, the, the graffiti maybe, the, uh, the trains, planes, automobiles the bowls of cat food on the floor. Um, so, maybe you can hear my eggs boiling. I just lowered them. Um, 
going to get ready to repass or repass repass is French consume my orbs of the hen very soon and uh, that'll sustain me I'm going to be putting up my room blinds in my bedroom I bought some Venetian style uh, drop lines uh, like an espresso or espresso color uh, and uh, they'll bring in the light in the room so tying it all back into light the science or study of light is what photography is all about uh, when you take a picture you hear the satisfying shutter maybe of the simulated shutter on your phone and now you've locked an image in and what do you do with that image well you can enjoy it on your own but don't you want to share it I know I do uh, there's Instagram, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's Facebook, um, there's a printer on your desk, maybe, an Epson, and you can run that through, press the command to print, get some glossy paper, well, first get your glossy paper, put that in the printer, load her up with a few sheets there, and then press the, the print. And then out will come a full bleed, maybe. Eight by ten, maybe. Maybe larger, if you got a large, one of those large format printers. And you will get a beautiful, beautiful high-definition photo reproduced in saturated color. Or maybe you shot it in black and white. Maybe you, maybe you edited it lately to, later from color to black and white. Uh, and uh, in any event, it's going to be a great image. Do you want to hang that up and display it? Sure. Why not? Uh, you can uh, save it as a PDF. You can save it as a JPEG. Uh, you can compress the image. You can distort. You can edit. Uh, you can colorize. Uh, you can resize. You can do so many things to occupy your time at the computer. Uh, Let's get away from the computer, though. How about just going out there and racking up a document of uh, your walk around the block or your trip downtown? Pawtucket's got a nice, charming downtown. It's been decimated through the modern aspect of city building. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, it was uh, half of their great 30s, 20s, 30s. Well, actually, turn of the century buildings were torn down. Even some of the 40s fit buildings were, were, were raised to, uh, to make way for some of the other urban development, which is monolithic and uh, banal, uh, to say the least. So the, the downtown is half of its former self. It actually looks smaller. I like pictures of 40s Manhattan. Those are my, that's my favorite period of Manhattan. The Empire State Building was no older than 10 years old and it loomed over the skyline before its TV tower mast was put on in the 50s to broadcast out to the world uh, or to receive images, to receive transmissions uh, and it's just a great skyline nighttime especially 40s nighttime Manhattan skyline 
type that or call that into your Google microphone and press images and you'll be treated to a plethora of incredible, a myriad incredible array of uh, great, great photography, close-ups, wide angles from the Hudson, looking over the east, uh, getting in the Brooklyn Bridge, the Statue of Liberty. So making photos is just fun, uh, whether you're printing them out or whether you're just enjoying them on your camera and sharing them with others, uh, maybe transferring them to video or bringing, projecting them onto your flat screen at home. Uh, it would always be cool to do, I did a three, three projector system back in the day of my thesis, on my photography thesis, to earn my minor's degree, my minor degree in photography, and it was a presentation uh, called Compressions. Uh, one of the other fellow students helped me hook it up, and then he had the sound ready to go, but by the time I, we came back in the room to present it in front of the professor, um, it, the sound failed. And it ended up being better without a soundtrack, with just quiet, ambient sound of the room, um, sort of enhancing the whole thing. So it was called Compressions. It was black and white series using a long lens, as I said earlier in my trip to New York to, to make it, uh, consisting of building windows, um, water towers on top of buildings, uh, the 83 landscape of New York at the time. I. Uh, the Statue of Liberty I, around that time was, well, it was well, the time I was there taking my pictures for my project. Uh, it was uh, surrounded by scaffolding. I think only her crown uh, showed through and her, her, her raised arm. I'm not sure if they removed the torch. I believe they may have, but I'm not quite sure. I need to go back into those photos. I did go back into my schoolwork, took it out of the closet, so to speak, but I actually did. I, they were stored in my closet for a number of years, of course. Uh, I hadn't revisited photography. My, well, I have, but not uh, revisiting those old photos on, on my, my contact sheets. Contact sheets were the, uh, the 8x10 actual print that uh, was the contact of your negative. So it showed all of your pictures on your roll. On, on one or two sheets, whether you were shooting, uh, if you were shooting 24, uh, it would allow you 24 frames when you purchased film back then. Uh, you had Ektachrome, Kodachrome, uh, you had Pan-X was the great black and white art film. Um, you had direct positive process, which I could explain later at another date. It's a semi-involved uh, where you have slides that come out as positives and it's actually the negative of the film, but it's really a positive. Uh, that's how I did my project, actually, my, my thesis. Um, and uh, so the projector, the projector, three projector system, may have been two, but I think it was three, uh, did its job that day, and I got an A, just to give you the, uh, the end cap to that story. It was a success, whether I had my music background or not, which I didn't. I was denied the music, but that was okay. And it didn't make a difference in the eyes of the professor. And I graduated with a minor, of course, and um, a major, of course, in graphic design. My dad took great pictures with his Argus C3, legendary camera of the day, and his uh, flash bulbs, 
family pictures. There's one famous picture where I'm missing from the picture, and my dad titled it, Where's Guy? I may have been sick that day. Uh, I was about three, and I was not in the slide with the family. It's that ubiquitous family photo in front of the couch in the living room. Everybody's staring into the camera. Some are standing, some are kneeling or sitting down, and we had our fair share of them. You know, it's a Christmas card photo. Uh, my dad took some great outdoor photos of the beach and our park trips. Uh, later on, he would, uh, whether it was the beach or the park, he'd be too busy playing his card games uh, with the other uncles, with uh, my uncles, his brothers and brother-in-law, uh, brother-in-laws, um, to uh, to actually take pictures. But he did take some, many from the many at the beach. Uh, many just in and around our Harrison Street home in Pawtucket. Uh, some of Providence, nearby city here. Uh, of course, it's six miles south of Pawtucket. Uh, kind of sister cities in a sense. They may have been closely related more back in the manufacturing, heady manufacturing days that waned in the 50s. So by the time the 60s rolled around, uh, the metro area had to redefine itself. It took maybe 20 years to do so before Capital Center came on board, which was an ambitious uh, revitalization construction project in Providence that sort of uh, reset the clock. Uh, and Providence became known as the Renaissance City. Lost its moniker, lost that moniker for a number of years, and I think it's regaining. It's a bit of a rena Renaissance too, going on right now. In the in the 2020 era, at least. But uh, photography was important for my dad. It was an art form for my dad to express his talents. He's a musician, a talented musician. My dad could go into any house at any party and just rip at the piano using all full 88 keys. That's how many keys are on a piano. Your typical polygrand or your spinet or you're upright, and he could play up a storm, and the melodies were just wonderful, fast-paced with rhythm. He was a built-in combo. He didn't even need uh, the snare drum to back him up, uh, nor the horns, nor the accordion, maybe. He didn't need those. He could just do it all. And same thing on the organ, uh, on the Hammond with the full pedal board, or if it was a uh, if it was the row pedal board, uh, which was popular in parlors, um, might do a story on the Hammond organ uh, soon. Uh, of course, uh, the Allman Brothers and other bands, Grateful Dead, of course, used the Hammond B3 model in particular. That's the square cabinet, uh, dark walnut, uh, beautiful, actually beautiful piece of furnishing, furniture. Uh to look at and uh, even better to listen to had been paired with the Leslie speaker, L-E-S-L-I-E. -E. It was a brand of speakers that had a rotating fan or a rotator. The actual speaker would rotate, giving a wavy sound. Rock bands adopted them instantly. Uh, the, uh, I think it was the uh, Continental organ was replaced by the Hammond B3, 
uh, it wasn't the Cosmopolitan. I think it was the Continental was the brand, uh, had a certain sound to it. Um, if you, if you, uh, think of maybe the American version of the British invasion, um, uh, there's that Dave Clark five kind of, uh, sound of the organ back that, that sound, um, compare that to the Hammond. I think you're going to find it's a little bit more satisfying with the Hammond, but you know, that's a subjective thing. Music is subjective after all, like any other art form. Um, but this is not necessarily about music, although it's the music of light, the music of image, the music of beauty through, uh, projective or reflective art, uh, course in color or black and white, monotone, duotone, tritone, such a rich, such a rich world that is photography. So I hope I offered you a little bit of, uh, help in navigating through photography. Maybe not. It was a fun exercise for me. I can tell you that wholeheartedly. And I'm going to go get my coffee. So I want to thank you for joining me again this episode of on photography plus other side subjects as usual with me and my tangencies on Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. So the Japanese started the idea of uh, quality photography, the Germans did, uh, with quality cameras. Of course, you know, you can go back to uh, to uh, Civil War days where the first image, some of the first images uh, ever to be recorded were were taken by very uh, capable photographers. And uh, they used a simple lens reflecting directly on a um, on the film to create the image. And it was could have been somewhat blurry or in sharp focus. It's those group photos where you see some of the heads blurred because people move. The, the film was very non, it was sensitive, but not sensitive enough, apparently. Uh, the exposures had to be sometimes a minute long or longer, maybe, uh, to take a picture. Uh, so you always have that toe-headed kid uh, coming totally out of focus while his parents uh, were in perfectly sharp focus. Of course, they picked the photo that came out good. It might have taken a few to do that. Uh, today we've progressed because of Germany and England and Japan uh, with cameras that are much more accurate, much more sensitive. Uh, the uh, the uh, single lens reflex or SLR, today known as a DSLR for digital, uh, use an employee a employ a flip up camera in order to get out of the way of the uh, image once you sh uh, click your shutter, uh, depending on the f-stop that you've chosen uh, and your, uh, your, so your aperture, um, will get out of the way. That mirror will flip up out of the way. Um, you, you, the mirror is basically used just to preview the image. Um, it will bounce the image up to the prism and into the viewfinder, which will show you the image just before you take it. Uh, when you click the image, that mirror again will flip up very quickly, all happening in milliseconds, depending on your shutter speed. And uh, it's all about shutter speed and aperture. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, 
and that that mirror will flip up out of the way and let that image come through the lens and directly onto onto the the CCD the charged couple device that's the replacement today in the 80s 90s and and 2000s that uh, that has replaced film remember film uh, some of our great directors are using film going back to film today these days um, as a backlash to the digital uh, pristineness and maybe the antiseptic look that digital affords um, I know there was one movie Dunkirk that was filmed uh, was put onto 35 millimeter film and it's awesome I like that I like that retro approach it has a saturated look that cannot be duplicated by the digital media medium so that's the DSLR with our practical use today uh, mostly available cameras out there that you would buy where the uh, the image is being um, hit onto the CCD the CCD depending on the size of the CCD so depending on the the quality of the film that would be the quality level uh, that would be uh, apropos to that uh, so the larger the the CCD sensor that that uh, that bit of uh, welding that's so micro uh, like it's a chip uh, the the large the larger the size the better the quality image uh, supposedly and it does end up being that in practical experience and in the final product um, the uh, charge couple device is the way that we get images today and we need it to get those images so it's the film and uh, that will store on your camera as an image it's pretty simple and I hope I explained the the idea of the mirror flipping out today flipping out of the way today the, the mirrorless cameras avoid the whole problem by um, uh, letting you view the image still through uh, directly through the lens so that you can see an image that's not angled not off on frame uh, because in the old days before single lens reflex you had the uh, the viewfinder camera where the viewfinder if you notice it was off to the left or to the right above or below uh, the the actual lens so that you did not get quite the exact picture that you would have as far as framing the picture uh, to your end result uh, and that that uh, didn't work so well for things like uh, professional uh, let's say commercial photography uh, for advertising for instance um, and product photography other larger format cameras in other words cameras with much larger sensors much larger CCD devices well charge couple device captures that so you can just say CCD uh, you have uh, different formats you have uh, the two and a quarter you have the uh, four by five camera the six by seven I believe um, I'm not totally up on that realm uh, the eight by ten camera of course the one of the larger formats of course the big Polaroid uh, cameras that some of our professional photographers like to use 
uh, are even larger in format. Uh, that means the film itself. Uh, that means the mirror plane, the 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 uh, the plane on which the film uh, or the CCD, the CCD is is actually not the size. Uh, the CCD would never would not you would not have an eight by ten camera with an eight by ten CCD. You'd have a somewhat smaller CCD, of course, uh, but um, it it would be exponentially larger than what you would find, for instance, on your phone, in your phone, uh, the built-in camera in your phone. Yes, you do have one. Uh, or uh, on your, even even the most expensive uh, DSLR. So film is equivalent to CCD. How do you take a picture? How do you measure for that picture? Well, they used to have light meters that would capture the light give you a reading on the light so that you could adjust your aperture or your f-stop. You've got two variables with your with foot photographing. Today, of course, it's all automatic. Your camera or your phone figure it, figures it out for you before you take the picture. The phone, of course, is, is ubiquitous and it's, uh, it's, 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 you don't even know. You, you automatically have a good exposure whether you're in dark lighting conditions or, or, or brightest, the brightest of scenes. So your scene condition, the condition of your scene, when you say condition to a photographer, uh, he, he thinks of light, the quality of light. Is it a sunset? Uh, is, it a, is it a bright beach scene? Is it, is it a sports venue? Is it inside, outside? Um, is it in a darkened hallway? Uh, is there backlighting that you have to compensate for? Do you want to allow for that? Do you want to open up the camera so that you get the, the, uh, your kid's face showing in detail uh, and blow out the window in the background? Do you want to uh, press a, a, a setting on your camera? Today's cameras have a setting that can allow for that, um, uh, that can do a, a fill light automatically of the face and not overexpose the, the back, the back, uh, the back door on your patio that's uh, flooding in light. So uh, you want to look at your situation. Is it a cloudy or sunny condition? But aperture and shutter speed are your variables. Those are your controls. Um, the, the smaller the aperture or opening of your lens, when it does, when you do click that, the lens is going to open. It is going to allow that light to come through. Uh, when, when that aperture is very small, of course, your depth of field is increased. Um, I don't know how that happens, but it does. Uh, it's like squinting your eye. Uh, you can see things more in focus, but your light is diminished. So when light's diminished, well, that means the film needs a little more time, uh, to develop, uh, with the light's going to be less, it's going to, uh, put the image on a, a little less intensity. It's, you're going to need to stay there and hold that camera as still as possible unless you do want a blurry effect. Uh, you'll need a tripod maybe uh, for those time exposures. Time exposures are anything over a reasonable period of time. Uh, a handheld photo, I believe, can be taken at as slow as one, maybe one-fifteenth of a second. I think you start having some issues um, if you're if you're a steady person, you might be able to do it better than that. But if you're finding out that most of your pictures, um, 
because of the sensitivity uh, of your equipment and uh, or of your your actual software uh, is such that you need a tripod for your use then by all means get one or a monopod um, the the shutter speed that's that's going to be working with your aperture so the shutter speed as I mentioned earlier you'll need to go with a longer shutter uh, opening um, so the f-stop or the uh, aperture is, is equivalent to the f-stop the aperture opening is the f-stop and the f-stop uh, f, f meaning focal your focal stop and so that works hand in hand as I said with your shutter speed uh, if you have a large opening on your lens you're gonna let a lot of light in all at once you're gonna need a much faster shutter speed you get it I got it I got it when I went to school um, when I went to took photography in college I you know I don't want to get the sound like I'm Joe photographer here but I do like to take pictures I think I can take some pretty good images I did in school I know that using film back then um, but because I am an older fart I'll admit I'll be 61 in February uh, for my listeners that already probably know my age maybe uh, it's not that like I mention it every time on the podcast I don't go around bragging it or wearing it like a flag um, sometimes I long for my young days um, but generally I'm pretty content where I am right now it's just the way that God ca cards us out or deals us the hand you know time flies by and uh, but in in any event I hope that I've explained at least the basic uh, mechanics I guess you can use that word uh, yeah you can use that word um, for photography it's a wonderful wonderful way to express yourself and uh, uh, I think I think people more and more people are turning on to it because of their phones uh, the phone has really made photography the more democratic than any at any other time in its history and it's a short history uh, again the first images taken by the likes of Matthew Brady in Lincoln's time 1860s mid 1860s uh, credit goes to the French for inventing it the daguerreotype um, Edison worked with moving pictures uh, later on uh, in the late 1800s and uh, early early 1900s uh, but aside from moving film photography uh, is just uh, it's plain and simple it's wonderful and see it's it's a way to see the light and to reflect our souls and hearts and minds on it and I hope that you can really go with it and be part of the whole experience of light gathering. Stay tuned and join us next time on Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories when I bring you some more Grateful Dead, as promised. We're finally getting ready. We're finally ready for the great wall of sound, not the Phil Spector variety, as I have to always disclaim, but the Grateful Dead, the GD, the Jerry and his gang. You know, that one, that big sound system that uh, 
just barely cleared the rafters at the big arenas of the 70s. Going to do a future, future, future show on the arena rock. That's a genre. That's a whole genre that you can look up on YouTube or you can Google it and you'll find out what it's all about. Uh, when we bring Grateful Dead from the 70s and the great wall of sound on Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Mac Macby, let me tell you about... Hey, Buckles, how did you get here? I'm off mic now. I just got away from my mic. Let me come back. Oh, I'm glad to have you. You're on. You're doing a tag tag, a tag of a tag, a tag tagline. A second tag we're going to have here. It's going to probably end up being a couple minutes long, knowing what Buckles has to say about Mac. I know Mac. I guess he's he's, he's one of those sheer... Uh, sheer uh, dickheads we use that term in the 21st century with uh, with uh, with uh, with a lot of uh, reckless abandon I never liked the guy I did used to like him but he turned into when I found out he was land grabbing he took a couple of the cowpokes uh, properties they gave up a stink as they usually do had a showdown no one got hurt uh, he took out his Mac Macby, uh, is a lot like a folk in town where they, uh, can't afford the pistol. Well, they do, they have their pistol, but they, they eschew it, eschew it for a knife. And Mac Macby carried both a knife in his right, I believe his left holster, had a custom made engraved, uh, holster for his custom engraved Death, uh, death sword, uh, dagger type knife with a little bit of a, a curl at the end. I don't know what that was. A little kind of curious, but uh, his gun, uh, his gun over in his right sling is sidewinding there with the. Uh, I think it was a Smith, and he was carrying that baby. Uh, Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. You might want to get closer to my guy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I know Smith and Wesson. I know Colt, a Connecticut company. Uh, my brother Claude would agree, uh, would concur. Uh, so he, he carried both of those, huh? He did. And he was a he land grabber. He'd uh, drive in on his horse solo. Uh, he had his other guy, Mac, uh, was his friend. By the same name, but he went by Little Joe. Uh, they called him uh, for long, for short, or to just separate him from Mac uh, from Macby, Maccabee. and uh, it's actually Maccabee, M-A-C-A-B-I-E. And uh, he, uh, I just want. I'm so glad to do this for you guys. A tag on the tag, uh, tag tag, and uh, tag wrestling, uh, tag teaming with you. It's cool. It's cool. This is awesome. It's it's uh, really great, awesome, in so many ways to have you. I didn't even know you got. We both got back from New York. We were on uh, two planes from each other coming into Providence, and uh, uh, Providence gets in a couple flights from New York. Uh, it's not that uh, not that uh, segmented out of the out of the loop. Uh, Providence is actually on the road. Uh, it's it's sort of mid ground. Uh, mid-ground, so well, you could consider it ground zero. I think you could. I think you could. I think you could. I don't know a lot about Providence. I've been to Paul Paul Tucket. 
yeah, we call it Pawtucket here. We take the W out of there, and uh, we say every, keep everything else. And it's about a city of seventy-three thousand, though Pawtucket. Well, that's gonna that's gonna do me uh, from my eighteen seventy-four time timeline with uh, with my town of South Fork at eighty-seven. Uh, 87 uh, individuals living in that town, including the women and children. And uh, we uh, we got a good town. But Mac, let me tell you about Mac coming in on his horse with his friend Little Joe. Uh, Little Joe was uh, average height, but they called him Little Joe. And uh, he was his backup man, his tough bulldog. Uh, you know, he, he was the enforcer, the... The vice principal, the general, the 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 the, uh, the flunky, flunky could call him that to uh, Mister uh, Mister Sidewinder Knife Man himself, Maccabee, and he threatened he threatened uh, one guy. I was happened to visit at the time. I stayed in the house. I didn't want any part of it. I usually don't really uh, recoil from those episodes. I'm usually in the thick of it, as you know. Uh, from from many a drama uh, aired on this very same podcast. It's called. Uh, by the way, I want to plug your podcast, guy. Thank you. Uh, it's called uh, "Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories." We had art back in South Fork. We had a little uh, little uh, museum, so to speak, souvenir. souvenir. Not really souvenirs. They were really just, uh, it was just a hotel lobby. Had some nice, pretty pictures. Uh, we had one painter came to town to paint uh, one of the mavens or one of the uh, beautiful women of the, I shouldn't say maven, I should say a beautiful gal that lived in a rich father from Baltimore family. Uh, she settled in. She liked the West and she wanted to be down there. We had one of the greatest uh, artists ever. Gus Eversole, Gus G U S Eversole, and he uh, he was a great painter, and he had a, an alcohol problem, got over it to paint her picture, and I tell you, it's one of the most beautiful things in town. It's installed in the lobby of Old Yeller, Old Yeller Hotel, and uh, you can visit it, and uh, we could come on our set. We got uh, some rebuilt sets there uh, for our show, our radio show. Uh, to give us some atmosphere. Let me get back on that uh, Maccabee. He came in on a Sodbuster's north fence. I uh, noticed the, the the beauty of his property, and he knew that uh, the bank had uh, done some deeding uh, throughout that area that was his properties, and it was a big hole. He wanted it. It uh, was a jog out, a jog, and it would complete that last little corner of his puzzle. He was okay and be content with that for maybe a couple of months before he moved out back because he was a greedy, greedy bitch. Uh, but uh, he uh, he grabbed that and he did what was unsuccessful. Unsuccessful, Marshall stepped in. Actually, a sheriff, Sheriff Wyatt, as you know from our series, the Buckles Brannigan series, yours truly, uh, titled... Uh, I like my last one, Buckles Brannigan Rides Again, but we're going to be coming up uh, coming up to uh, the Buckles Brannigan and the claim, the claim, the silver claim that we made 
where I had to uh, uh, sort of give up my riches. It's always the leading man that loses out financially. Seems to keep that tension going for the drama. We all know about tension in radio and in television, movies, film, and moving pictures. I uh, got that Nickelodeon in the in the lobby again at the at that overworking uh, place. But uh, Maccabee owned the whorehouse, uh, Millie's. Millie's whorehouse, a three-story. It's the biggest building in town. They occupy the bottom and third floors, middle floors of business establishments, a dentist, tonsillery, barber. Well, barber's down by the, the saloon on the, on the street level. But uh, we've got the we got the uh, we got basically a, a whole situation where uh, this man bought up the town of South Fork, uh, Maccabee himself, and uh, his widower uh, wife died of mysterious uh, reasons. We don't know, and we got some suppositions there. It was that word supposition. We kind of have a clue as to what happened. Happened back in 1862, and he uh, lived about 12 years uh, there without uh, without wife. Took on uh, sort of adopted little Joe Mac, uh, who he didn't call Mac, he called him little Joe or Joe for short, J O, and uh, maybe it was J O E. Uh, it wasn't Joey, uh, maybe as a boy. Didn't know him as a boy. Cause Joey came from Wichita. Came in and uh, just wanted to be part of the life down here in uh, the Texas Mexican territory. And uh, we're uh, we're what's uh, what's we got some the towns that we were kind of uh, sister city to to uh, to the early days of. Uh, trench foot and that was a little hard scrabble kind of hole in the wall but that was more of a joke than it was a town it was really just to roll off the tongues and uh creative capital of the world uh is uh is what's now part of the area what's modern margarine modern day el pat no not el paso midland midland uh, texas and uh it's semi-arid, beautiful lands, beautiful rolling, kind of the tan hills of sand and, 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 and cacti. And uh, that's all I have to say, though, about that man as a land grabber, as a varmint, as an overall heavy. He might figure in on that, uh, the claim. The claim's going to be airing a little later in, in uh, August. We're going to try to have that one released. That's the next one. That number five or four? I think that's uh, four. We had an abortion on number three, uh, to use a word. Uh, uh, it was uh, just a, a cluster, total clusterfuck, uh, if I can use that word. I, I don't know that word. Uh, we don't say those kind of swears. Uh, say a damn and uh, hiss fit. And I uh, got some other bad word, baddie words there, but uh, don't use that fuck, is it? Yeah, well, you know, uh, we got a little uh, technically challenged, let's just put it that way, when we tried getting that show out to to the people, uh, as they say, and uh, just, uh, we ended up abandoning production, 
Uh, we ended up abandoning the script. Uh, couldn't make it work. It's too expensive. Found out we needed to do some uh, uh, double looping kind of thing, and uh, it just wasn't in the cards. So we we started from scratch almost. Uh, had a template, but we started from scratch. And uh, the claim is going to air uh, late August, uh, mid August. It's a couple weeks from this date, and we hope that you enjoy it. And uh, thanks, Buckles, for coming on. This was a great surprise. Thanks, thanks again, guy. I really enjoyed it, and it was fun. Just this, uh, so many minutes with you. And uh, from all of us at Talk Me Some Art and other stories. Y'all have a great day.